Good morning, Greenhouse. My name is Malik. I currently serve as one of the pastors here, serving as a pastor in residence at Greenhouse Church. I'm excited to see y'all this morning. Anybody excited? I love it, energy. Let's do it. All right, so listen, we're taking a little bit of a break from our movement series in the book of Acts. We're taking a step into the book of John. We're going to listen and talk and have a discussion about joy. Anybody know what joy is? Let's talk about joy. Hop to your feet with me real quick. Hop to your feet. We're going to pray. Then we're going to read the Bible and we're going to hop in. Everybody good with that? All right, cool. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because we're only gathered here today because of you. So God, as we discuss and we meditate on your word, we ask that you will let the word impact our hearts. God, not so much even what I have to say, but what you have to say today. So speak to all of us, move in our minds and our hearts and transform us until we look more like you, until we think more like you, until we act more like you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. As you're standing, grab your Bibles, your phone, look on the screen. We'll be in the book of John chapter 16. John chapter 16, we'll be looking at, we'll just stop at the last verse that you'll see on there, verse 22. John 16, verse 22. And I will read it as you read along with me. It says this. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Jesus says, and no one will take away your joy. You can have your seat. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Like I said, I'm, my name is Pastor Malik. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going to talk a little bit about joy. Joy, right? So there are two things that we often get confused. There's joy and there's happiness. Happiness tends to be a temporary emotion. I'm happy today. I'm sad tomorrow. Joy is more so a state of being. Joy is something that you continuously feel. You are a joyful person. You have a joyful demeanor. Today, we are talking about joy, right? And so, before we got to the verse we read, if you look at the verses that were up on the screen a minute ago, Jesus is saying some pretty interesting things, right? I often find the way that Jesus communicates to be intriguing to say the least, right? So, we'll look at it. Jesus went on to say, as the Bible says, in a little while you will see me, you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Now, that's a very confusing sentence. I wasn't the best English student, but I'm, it says, Jesus went on to say, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, rightfully confused, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more? And they jumped down in verse 19, it says, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more? And then after a while, you will see me. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her child that a, that a child is born into the world. And then we, the verse we read a minute ago, so with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Jesus is confused, and Jesus literally says, in a little bit you ain't gonna see me, but then in a little bit you're gonna see me again. What is that sentence, what does that mean? And so the disciples are rightfully confused. Now think about it, who was Jesus to these people? Jesus is the guy who called them to leave their homes and their jobs and their families, and now he's saying, hey, you know what, this has been a great three years, I'm leaving. 
And he doesn't say where he's going. He doesn't say what he's going to do. All he says in a little bit, you're not going to see me anymore. That is probably the most nerve-wracking sentence you can hear from someone who has just caused you to laugh three years of your livelihood. Right? If you don't know anything about the disciples, some of them were fishing. And Jesus walked up to them and Jesus said, hey, follow me. Some of them were tax collectors. They made, they made a good amount of money. Right? They had businesses. They had homes. They had families. And all of a sudden, Jesus is walking up to these people and he's saying, you know what? It was fun. This was great. But in a little while, you won't see me anymore. Luke talks about this passage in Luke 22 and Luke says, then they began to argue among themselves who would be the greatest among them. So you see, the disciples weren't ready for Jesus to say he was going anywhere. A little bit before that, they were arguing amongst themselves. They're like, hey, listen, we with this dude, Jesus, and he about to take over the whole world. Like, I don't know what office you're going to get. I want to be the VP. Like, everybody is jockeying for positions. They are expecting Jesus to take over, start taking over Israel and take over Rome. They're expecting Jesus to conquer the world around them. And so they thought they were moving up in life. They were with Jesus and thought that everything that they ever needed was about to come. And then a little bit later, after they were just arguing with each other about what positions they would get, Jesus says, I'm not even going to really be here anymore. Well, like, what happens when the thing you're placing your hope in the most dashes? When the thing you're hoping for, the thing that you have put all your stock in, is no longer there? You see, at least Jesus gave them a little bit of a warning, but sometimes I feel for us, the thing that we put our hope in disappears in a moment. We are betting on things and planning on things and making our lives up around themes and topics. And in the moment, and like the blink of an eye, everything that we were thinking about disappears. What happens to us when that happens? Right? So disciples are confused and they're alone. And, right, and now we'll fast forward. We'll fast forward to when this, what Jesus said becomes true. When he's crucified on a cross and now their dreams are dead before them on a tree. That's heart-wrenching. That hurts, right? And the disciples are upset, but Jesus, in the passage we've read, he makes one thing clear. And one thing I hope we will all understand, and it is, it's a tough reality, but it's a reality I think we have a solution for. So I'll tell you the solution a little bit later, but for now, here's the reality of life. You will have grief. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter your stratus, no matter your culture, your economic background, it doesn't matter. Life comes at all of us. Life lives all of us. Like there is nobody who can run away from what life throws our way. And it happens to each and every one of us. You see, Jesus says you will have grief. The, the, the disciples, they lose their rabbi. They lose their mentor. They lose their teacher. Right? And so what do you do when the job of a lifetime isn't what you thought it was going to be? What do you do when you get into the school of your dreams and you show up and after your first week, it doesn't even feel like you, you make the cut. Right, like you're one week in the classes and you don't even, you don't feel like you can even measure up. What do you do when the person you thought was your forever walks out? What do you do when you're sick, when your body, when, the, when your family member, when your family member's ill and they pass away? Like what happens? You see, the thing about life is that everything in life attempts to come and steal our joy. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, everything about this life, if you give it time, will come and rattle your joy. I don't know about anybody else, but if you spend anybody, any, any time on the news, on the internet, on Twitter, on Instagram, in like 30 seconds, you could be having a really, really good day and you run across one post and your entire day is out the window. Like you'll be scrolling, you having a good day or you flip the channel and you'll see one news story and you're like, I don't even want to go to work today. I'm going to just go back in the bed. Like because something happens 
the second life gets at us. And the solution to that is everlasting joy. It's joy that isn't fleeting. It's joy that isn't based on the circumstances around us. Because you see, we will have grief. Jesus said in the passage we read earlier, it says, Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when, when each of you will be scattered to his own town and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have overcome the world. Jesus goes on and Jesus says, so you also will have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take away your joy from you. The solution to joy is what Jesus said. Jesus said, you will have sorrow now, but you will see me again. The solution to life's problems and finding everlasting joy is learning to see Jesus. It's learning in all of life's circumstances and situations to see Jesus in everything. You see, because if you look right at your eye level, everything you see right at eye level is worry, is fear, is anxiety. But if you lift your eyes up every once in a while and look above the waves of this life and look up, there is a God who sees and who knows and who feels. Listen, I will not be one of the pastors or preachers that tells you when you become a Christian, your life will be great and everything's going to be good and you're going to get houses and cars. I'm going to be real with you. It might get worse. But when you join with Jesus, you get the Messiah who even in the worst situations can make things better. You see, so, so listen, listen, listen. There are some disciples on a boat, right? They're on a boat and it's a storm and they are in fear for their life, right? It's, it's in the middle of a sea and there's a storm and Jesus is on the boat asleep on a pillow. It wasn't like a normal storm. These disciples were fishermen. They spent their entire lives on boats. But something about this storm that they were going through rocked them to their core. And they are fretting for their lives. Like, this is it. Like, I'm going to die right here. I'm sure some of them were like, oh, I didn't even like turn, I didn't even, like, finish that up. I didn't tell my kids. I like, they were in agony and fear. They run to the bottom of the boat. And the Bible says Jesus is asleep on a pillow. The Bible includes the pillow. Jesus just wasn't like asleep. He was comfortable. In the middle of the storm, Jesus is very comfortable. And they run up to him and they are afraid for their life. And they wake him up. And Jesus gets to the boat. He has a conversation with them. But after the conversation, he gets out. It says he stands on the boat. He looks at the winds and the waves and he says, peace be still. And the storm shuts up. The sky stops raining. The clouds roll away. You see, listen, in this life, you will have grief. You will have storms. You will have moments on boats where it feels like Jesus is asleep. But if you look and find him, if you have to look up or sometimes if you have to look down within and see Jesus, he can calm the wind and the storms. The Bible says after he did that, they looked around at each other and they said, what manner of man is this? that even the wind and the seas obey him. I want us to understand something today. Life is full of fleeting joys. Everything is temporary. No matter how good it looks, everything has an expiration date. Listen, I'm a sports fan. I lighten it up a little bit. When LeBron James came down to the Miami Heat, I was probably the most elated person in the world. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting on my grandma's couch at her house and LeBron did this thing called the decision, right? Like he aired like this national broadcast and he was like, I'm coming, taking my talent to South Beach. 
In that moment, I was like, we were winning 10 championships in a row. Like, I don't even got to watch basketball anymore. Right? Like, the kid from Akron came to South Beach, and we won for a little bit. Right? But even that ended. Now, that's lighthearted. But nothing in this life is forever. Everything comes, and it tugs at us, and it pulls at us, and it begins to uproot us. You see, because no matter what it is, even if you have the most amazing car in the world, give it a couple hundred thousand miles. Something's just going to fall out on the middle of the road. Something's going to drop on the road, and you won't even know what it is. No matter what it is in your life. Well, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever, like, been eating something, and it's so good, but you finish it, but you didn't realize you finished it? Like, you're, like, at the dinner table, and you're, like, eating a cookie or something. You're like, hey, this is, like, the best cookie I ever had. And, like, you get in the middle of a conversation, and, like, you look down, and you're like, hey, which one of y'all ate my cookie? And you're, like, mad at your table because, like, they ate the thing that was there for you. Because, listen, even that cookie, even the things that bring us so much joy, after a while, they are consumed. And they have no more lasting impact on us. Right? So the first reality is this. We will have grief. And life is full of fleeting joys. But the solution to the fleeting joys of life is anchoring yourself on something that doesn't really go anywhere. So I don't know if you guys seen that welcome tent out there. Sometimes we'll hang balloons on the welcome tent, right? And so I remember one day we were bringing balloons out the car and it was windy. I don't know who told us to buy helium-filled balloons on a windy day. But we're a greenhouse and that's how we roll, right? So we were running through the parking lot with the balloons. And I was trying to tie one to the tent. But one slipped from my fingers, and by, by the time I looked up in the sky, the balloon was gone. But the balloon I tied to the tent was still there. And then after that balloon was tied to the tent after service, we celebrated what we were celebrating, and I cut the string of the balloons with scissors. And the balloon disappeared so fast, y'all. Like, I looked, I was talking to Robert, I looked down, then I looked back up, and I didn't even know where the balloon went. I was like, see, I, I could have tried, tried to keep it. Now it's in like a tree somewhere. Like, I don't even know what's going on with these balloons. You see, the thing that separated the balloon that flew away at first and the one that stayed was because it had been tied to something that was stronger and bigger and heavier than itself. If you're ever in a boat and they drop anchor, they drop anchor into something that is unmovable. You see, when the anchor hits, it hits the earth. And I don't know about you, but it's been here longer than I have. And I'm sure the earth will be here long after we're gone. But you see, the anchor hits something that is unmovable. The key, the key, the key to finding everlasting joy is rooting yourself in somebody and in something that cannot move. Listen, Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. He didn't say you may, he didn't say you might, you will. Jesus only lived 33 years and every year was full of trouble. They hated him so much that they killed him. Look around, look around this room. Everybody that you see in here will have trouble in this world. But Jesus says, I'm telling you these things so that you can take heart. Why? Because he has overcome the world. The thing that grips all of us, the thing that is all of our expiration date, we call it death. Death ran into Jesus and decided to go take a nap. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there is no way. He opens doors that nobody else can open. Listen, you might be like, this dude, he preaching and he's screaming a lot. And I don't even like church like that. Why am I so excited? Because I have had moments in life where I had no joy where I wanted to give up, where I wanted to throw in the towel, where people said, Malik, you're not, you're not even that good of a preacher. They said, Malik, 
You're not even going to make it. They said, Malik, listen, you're going to leave this church and you're going to end up at Greenhouse and you won't make it. They told me they said you'd bounce from church to church to church and nobody would give you a chance. But listen, I know a God who doesn't care what anybody has to say about you. So listen, you have two choices. You can root your faith in things that fall. People's words, people's opinions, your grades, your GPA, your job, your house, your spouse, your kids. Or you can root your faith in the thing that brings you everlasting joy. You see, Jesus said, he said, so with you now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. You see, Jesus fixes the problem of temporary and fleeting joy. He provides a solution, which is himself. Hebrews tells us that because he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself. Jesus looked out from heaven and he looked at the world around us and he said, nothing here can solve this problem. And he said, nothing here can fix what is going on in the world. And he looked and I'm sure he searched long and hard. And he came to a moment where he goes, I'll do it myself. The God of the universe looked at the problems you as an individual are facing. Not forget all of us collectively, you are facing. And he said, nobody else can fix it. I'm gonna step into this person's life. I'm gonna step into the world and fix the problems that we are all facing. Listen, if you don't believe me, listen, I, I, I'll, I'll run you down through history. Job put it like this, Job said, if I go east, he is not there. If I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I can't see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet he knows the way I have taken. And when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. You see, Job had lost everything. And Job knew one thing. That when he emerged with God, he would emerge as pure gold. Now that might be a little bit too old for you. You know, Job happened around the time of the book of Genesis. We'll make it more current. We'll talk to our friend David. David said, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. If anybody had enemies, it was David. Some people button their entire life trying to take him out literally to kill him but he knew one thing even in life's darkest valleys if he remained sure in God he would go nowhere that's two people I got one more for you I have a friend his name is the apostle Paul Paul said this Paul says what then are we to say about these things if God is for us who is against us who can separate us from the love of Christ can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or danger or sword Paul says no in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, Paul continues and Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. That is three people. Here is one more. He's a contemporary. He's alive right now. He goes by John Piper. He said, In getting their joy from heaven, Christians become free on earth. If you found yourself shackled by fear, if you find yourself shackled by the realities of this life, I give you the key and the solution to becoming free on this earth. Shackle yourself to something greater. Listen, shackle yourself to something that is bigger than you. Tie yourself up to Jesus. 
because I have lived a long time. Not that long, but it feels long to me. And he has never failed me yet. And if you look around this room, I'm sure you can actually put two or three times my age who have walked with Jesus and they will be able to tell you that he has never failed them yet. You know what? Let's do an experiment. Clap your hands right now if Jesus has never failed you. If he has always been there. Listen, that is an auditorium full of people. Ah, God, who understand that he has never failed them. If you don't believe it from me, you didn't believe it from Job, from David, from Paul. You don't believe it from John Piper. They are here with you right now. And they admit that Jesus has never failed them yet. Do you want joy? That won't go anywhere. If you're like me and the last two years have kind of sort of hit you, it seems like every week it's another thing. It seems like every month it's another thing. You just be minding your own business. Like you're enjoying life and something pops up. You get an alert. You get news of something. And you're like, oh my God, another one? An another one? And it's like, what is going on? And Jesus wants us to remember that your faith cannot be built on anything else. If it's built on your job, I promise you it will fail you. If it's built on your financial stability, you might become financially unstable. If it's built on anything that a human being has created, it won't last. I plead with you today. Build your hope on something eternal. See, I grew up in a context and they would say things like this. They would say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it so the world can't take it away. Listen, in the middle of your life circumstances, when it feels like the world is pulling at your joy, grab it back and remind yourself that this joy that you have from Jesus, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Listen, you might, you, it might feel like they took it away, but in the moment, stand up, get flat footed and say this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the listen, you might get a prognosis that does not feel right. You might get something from a doctor, from a lawyer, and you're like, you know what, this doesn't even make sense, Jesus. I was following you. I was following you. I've done everything you asked me to do, God. And everything in life is failing you. Jesus said, I told you it would. He said, I told you that anything in this life would fail you. But joy that comes from Jesus, it won't go anywhere so listen as I wrap up I want us to remember this simple thing this simple simple thing Jesus has given you joy where you put your anchor is up to you like a boat floating on the waves where you drop your anchor where you hit yourself that is all on you but today there is an opportunity to go after somebody who has never failed us to put your anchor in somebody that isn't fleeting. So listen, build your life on God's love. Listen, if you, like me, are like so tired of the things that the world has to offer, you realize that they have failed us every single time. I invite you to Jesus. Listen, and you might not know if the promises of God are true. You might not be a Bible nerd like myself, and that's fine. What's the worst that could happen from trusting Jesus? Everybody else already has failed. What's the worst that could happen from giving God a shot? If you are like, I don't, I don't even know, like this faith thing is not really me. Like I'm not a Christian like that, cool. But what's the worst that could happen? I tell you what's really gonna happen. 
you will be shocked to see that God keeps every single promise he has ever made. He's never broken a promise. He has never let anything that has happened in our lives stop him from loving us. So today, re-examine the place where you have your joy. Is your joy in the people around you? Is your joy in the circumstances that this life has to offer? Take a moment with me and let's, let's be real with ourselves and say, what has caused my feelings to be tossed easily to and fro in the last month? What has caused me to wander from my faith, to wander from trusting God in the last few weeks? Take a moment with me. We're going to take 30 seconds. Look within yourself. And if you feel like your anchor is not, might not be somewhere else, but sometimes it gets a little rocky. I invite you to make your anchor sure in Jesus today. There will be moments where life tugs at you. I will never tell you that it won't happen. But I will tell you that Jesus being on your boat in the midst of a storm is better than anything else that this universe has to offer. Let's take 30 seconds with me. Let's think about where are we putting our hope? And where can we put it now? My friend, if you're in this room today and you are new to God, faith, spirituality, if you are new to this whole Christian thing, I invite you to everlasting joy. I invite you to the God who has never failed us before. I invite you to put your faith in Jesus. If you might be like, Malik, I'm not a Christian, but I'm not an unbeliever. If you find yourself in this middle spot, I invite you to take a step of faith. I invite you to today commit your life to Jesus. He is the greatest thing that has ever happened, not to just us, but to the universe. You see, when he stepped in time and he was crucified on a tree and he got up, he gave freedom to all of us. And you say, wonder why do the disciples have joy forevermore? Because Jesus is raised to life again. For all of our sins, he died. For all of the mistakes we would ever make, he laid down his life so that we could have everlasting joy. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come up really quickly. Zach is already up here. We're going to take a moment, and I'm inviting anyone, anyone. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. If this life has gotten to you like it's gotten to any of us, I invite you to come pray with us. Pray, pray that God would help you have a strong foundation of joy in him. Joy that no matter what the world throws at you, you don't become bitter. You don't become saddened. You don't start to take it out on the people around you. But you recognize that if you leave your worries at the feet of Jesus, he can make all things new. Our prayer partners are here for you. Zach's going to sing a song and I'll come right back up here.
saw a lot of you guys with your hands up when he asked if you needed a miracle. You're in the perfect place. Because our God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And it has nothing to do with how much you understand how he can do it. But I would love to believe with you for what you need. So if you need a miracle today, please come forward. You don't have to, but man, I would love to pray with you and believe with you. I feel like I've seen more miracles outside of the walls of the church than inside. whatever you need it can be found in Jesus if it's joy it can be found in Jesus if it's peace it can be found in him whatever you're praying for he can do it for you even in this moment so as we wrap up I want to read this verse to you it says God is a safe place to hide ready to help when we need him we stand fearless at the cliff of doom courageous in sea storm and earthquake before the rush and roar of oceans the tremors that shift the mountains God fights for us God protects us, my friends. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you. I pray that he makes his face shine upon you and gives you his perfect peace. Go today knowing that Jesus is with you. 
and that the joy that he gives you cannot be taken it cannot be robbed and it cannot be stolen in Jesus name let's pray Jesus we thank you for your loving kindness and your excellent greatness we thank you for being our God and our friend Jesus any of us whose hearts are troubled whose hearts are becoming hardened and who are developing bitterness in the name of Jesus God give us joy give us peace give us healing and hope in the name of Jesus, we commit ourselves to you, willing to go out in the world and be a, a contagious source of joy to the dark world around us. Jesus, we yield ourselves to you, asking that you move and that you have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Church, the Lord bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. If you need prayer, let's pray together. Let's believe God for a miracle together. In Jesus' name, God bless you, church.